Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel, Episode 2, Crushed. And let's introduce the panel. The Warriors 3 are back. Jake Christie, the super producers in the house. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm not, I don't love being in the Warriors 3, given what happens in the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. But uh, yeah, I'll, whatever, I'll be Zachary Levi, so I can live with that. <laughs> that's that's wonderful and a returning jerome chang black dragon roll and it's ironic that jerome returns on the eve of a all of a sudden drake album what the hell apparently apparently uh i i saw it and as a honestly i'm coming up short as a toronto man's on that front i'm just like oh cool <laughs> like, <laughs> how about that that's awesome See, what uh, i saw it i saw it and i'm like I and this is I'm just bad at being on the on the internet. I'm like I'm just gonna I gotta mute Drake and the name of the album. Not that I don't like Drake. It's like I just don't care and I just yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. have to scroll through I, stuff. I, I saw the album art and I was like, oh, when did Drake ever make an album with that art? And then I read the caption. I'm like, oh, it's a new album. And okay, so that's exciting. So um, even though you're a feature in one of Drake's most famous videos, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a feature in my uh, not oh, even right. my most famous video, but he's a feature in one of my videos. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, no, no, happy to be part of the Warriors 3. I'm going to go the Golden State route because I just came back from shooting at the park, so naturally I got to record a podcast afterward. All right, so, oh, oh wait, wait, wait. We got to ask at least one question here. So um, are you Draymond Green with the backpack jump shot or are you more of a clay type or are you more of a Steph type? Uh, on the court? Yeah, on mm -hmm. the court. Talk about it. Talk uh, about it. Tell me. <laughs> I'm more of a Jordan Poole doing the most when the ladies are around. Oh. <laughs> you, know, yeah. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You you gotta. gotta. I think we all want to be that. I think. I was like, saying, actually, I was talking to my brother yeah. during the last game. Uh, no, but uh, I, I mean, the yeah. real answer for me, oh. which I have to take as the representative on the pod, I'm the Andrew Wiggins, obviously. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm the Maple Jordan. The Maple Jordan. Mm-hmm. Well, some finals uh, MVP talk. How about that? No, that, uh, that's just stupid. I'm just, I'm I, I, no, if he got no, 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 I mean it. I will love him. my giddy ass off. Does not deserve it, but I will. No, 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 no. Unless K-pop gets a vote, uh, unless K-pop stands get a vote. Yeah. And and so yes, yeah, so we are talking about Miss Marvel and Jerome. Since you weren't here last week, I mm -hmm. wanted to get your initial thoughts on the first episode, the vibes you're feeling, everything that you've taken in so far. It's just so joyful and enjoyable, I think, is like the way I look at it. Uh, visually, it's just super fun. It's a lot of like Spider-Verse kind of vibes in terms of just the integration of the different graphics and illustrations throughout. Um, and then uh, it's Iman Vellani. Is Am I saying that? Yes, Iman yes. Vellani. Yeah. Iman Vellani. Uh, shout out Markham. Uh, shout out Canadians. I was going to um, say, I was actually going to ask you, because she's been, I've been, I consumed all of her interviews because she's delightful. And she, one of her things she says is, from Markham to Marvel. And I was thinking about you. <laughs> Markham is really like a 15-minute drive for my parents. And I d spent many uh, a day down there having all the bubble tea or boba as as Americans would refer to it as. Um, but uh, no, she's, I mean, this is what I think, and it's not something I like really anticipated uh, going into MCU to begin with, but you love to see that it's been around so long that you have like people growing up with MCU as their baseline. Like we've talked about it so mm -hmm. often, especially when it came, comes to AC and myself. 
about how we grew up on all the different Marvel properties before MCU came. So we had all these different points. Whereas for obviously younger audiences, MCU was their entry point. Maybe not even at the beginning of the MCU, but like partway through. And you look at some, like a story like Iman's where she's such a huge fan. She's obsessed with Miss Marvel and gets cast as her and gets to like truly like just fully fulfill the role. And I have no point of reference. I've never read the comics. I don't know anything about the character. So I couldn't tell you if uh, if it's note perfect, if it's like a correct depiction or not, but it doesn't matter because now she gets to own it and it's going to be her character. And I think that's brilliant to see. And just generally speaking, like, you know, give me all the protagonists that aren't just like a bunch of middle-aged white dudes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, give me like all these young, these young superheroes uh, coming into the space and like really kind of offering just like so many different looks and feelings for the fans to come. So um, the first episode's super fun. I love how they get into it. Uh, all the high school stuff is fun. It reminds me a little bit about like the Spider-Man trilogy too and just like those vibes that way. Um, and then, yeah, like for me, I'm just really excited to see where this goes and like just already super excited um, in the long run of seeing her character be a part of the larger MCU. Yes, yes. I I, I think the the one thing as far as general thoughts of this second episode before we really dive in is... I just love the freshness of the hero origin story that we're getting here. There's mm -hmm. just a lot of the, oh, it's great to have these powers. This is awesome. Like, I, I'm really enjoying myself and stuff like that. But wait a minute. It, it, it takes a little bit more than just the enjoying of it. Learning to control. Uh, learning to deal with adverse situation when it comes to identity. And then also... Oh, when you're in a tricky spot and you actually have to save somebody, what does mm -hmm. that what does that look like? So I think for me, that's where I feel like for particularly Kamala in this episode, it really excels. I I, I like the the route that they've taken so far with that. Jake, in terms of general thoughts before we dive into the plot a little bit, what what did you think? I think that the joy that's expressed in it is something I'm really liking, especially because like obviously with superhero origin stories, there are always, like, fun moments in montages. But I think that what this one has, which in some ways is, like, a weakness of it inherently, but they're using it as a strength, is that it's a superhero origin story in a universe where superheroes are so commonplace, she knows that she is in the middle of a superhero origin story. You know what I mean? And so what that does is it gets rid of all of the what's happening to me stuff going on. It, she just is like, oh, I am a superhero. This is a thing that I'm aware of. And what that allows is it allows the character to it's kind of like a you know big fan girl of a musician becoming like a music superstar because it's not it's it like she's emulating things that she's seen and she's having fun with that as opposed to trying to solve some mystery or hide from the world that she's by the fact that there is quote unquote a template of how to have a superior origin story in this universe, she's able to carve out her own thing because she has this is a character that has thought for hours and hours and hours how her superhero origin story would go. And that's fun to watch. You're seeing her play out a fantasy as opposed to react to a crazy new set of circumstances. No, absolutely, absolutely. And this episode starts with um obviously one of 
one of if you think back when you listen to some hip hop back in the day, uh, back in my day specifically, and mm-hmm. uh, Jerome too, uh, Mace, what you call it? Uh, back in get- my day. <laughs> what did I do? What did I say? No, it's true. It's, it's just it's just like the way you claimed it on the podcast, as if like we I wasn't older than you, and also in and around. No, he didn't say Andrew. Yeah, but you did get to Andrew. You did get to Andrew. You did get to Andrew. It definitely is not from my day, so it's not that crazy. It is not from my day. Hearing it, I'm like, this is a hip hop song older than me. So I understand. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But shout out Mace for sure. Yeah, man. So we get that. Kamala's just going through the hallways, and it's the perfect. That was as I was talking about earlier. The the excitement of having these powers and feeling like you're on top of the world. All the stuff that she experienced in episode one difficulties, the complete opposite here. And that was just like a fun way to start. Fun way to start the show. Obviously, she meets up with Bruno and Nakia eventually and they and they're all talking and stuff like that and then of course we got Zoe in when they're in the cafeteria talking about the whole uh was it nightlight uh situation that that occurred at AvengerCon so obviously Kamala's not happy about that but we get introduced to somebody new as Zoe's talking about a party that they're going to have and uh we get introduced to a a Cameron or camera see this is the thing this is the thing with pronouncing this name because I say Cameron and then I'm like, Cameron. <laughs> My point exactly. So <laughs> it's one of those things, but we get introduced to him. He gets invited to a party and obviously Kamala hears this and is like head over heels already crushing. And we get the whole like, and then we get the looks from Bruno, which we already mm. start the whole, uh, the whole Bruno uh, a little down bad in this episode, which uh, I mean, I can't really blame him. Like, he ca- coming on is just he's he's hot. Like, I and Bruno, it, you know, what I mean, it's just like you can't. I get it. Like, you know, it, it it's you you understand the feelings. And while Bruno, you know, is a nice guy, and you know, I hope they end up together. You can't compete with that if you're Bruno, unfortunately. No, and Bruno does like the classic, um, like sitcom or teen movie thing where he just re- like he just tells on himself way too much. He's got to play it cooler than what he's yeah. doing right now. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like you watch any of those situations, you're just revealing an uglier side of yourself. You're just you know like doing all the classic jealous tropes. Um, just all salty feeling story for yourself. Um, really, like the key is you know you just got to like play to your strengths you, like he, he's he's already like playing the loser in it and it's gonna mm-hmm, backfire yeah. i mean thank goodness uh it's this like he uh cameron has like a sketchy background so mm-hmm. like i guess it'll work in bruno's favor <laughs> but all that said you know like bruno like stop playing yourself right right so obviously they they're they're gonna go to this party later but first we get the title cards and we get Kamala trying to use her powers. And what we find out is it's not just the bangle. They are within mm-hmm. her as well. So the bangle is kind of like a conduit for those powers. So we get first, she tries to embiggen her hand and and that, that plays to some comedic effect. But then her and Bruno... There's a little bit of a training montage, which 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 was fun to see. Uh, Jerome, what did you think of this this scene? Because I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun because, in part, like again, it's the joy of like you know, um, 
watching them like discover it and like they're so young but also like for the viewer who is just discovering this character like we get to see like what these powers kind of are without giving mm-hmm. like really a lot of detail what they really do so it is like collectively discovering together like it's way different than you know it's super joyful when we watch a spider-man scene and seeing like peter like discovers powers but we know what he's supposed to like accomplish and what he's getting to mm-hmm. yeah. in this case here i have no idea what these powers are and we know at least like very loosely it is something associated with like the marvels in general but like how does it differ how is it the same um we've seen it in action how does she how is she going to be able to, to harness it where is the source from there are so many questions and like this is like one of the more fun ways that you can show the discovery of it Right. And I think even with the with the practice, as we see uh, later in the episode, which we'll get to, sometimes practice doesn't always make perfect at the start of these things. Uh, Jake, as as somebody who I'm sure you you love a good montage, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, it was a lot of fun. It it had uh, I think that drums point is exactly what I was going to make that like it showed the powers off and gave you a good idea of what they could do. And the thing is that, that and also showed that like they were hard and that there was something that she needed to do. And I assume we'll get, as we learn more about what the powers are, we'll understand better how she modulates them and why sometimes they work better than they don't. Um, but we got a good idea. And, and I think that um, it is like, once again, going back to my point earlier, it is, a, it is a training montage for someone that, hat is thinking of she is consciously probably thinking about it as this is my training montage and so like it has those elements and it feels like a lot of stuff almost feels unnecessary that they're only doing it because it's kind of what you do when you're a superhero um but yeah i think that it uh it all is really cool and um well the beauty of that too is just like um we like that's also what's fun about the mcu again is we get to do origin stories where superheroes already exist. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know I'm repeating this and I'll definitely at some point just like, let it be part of like the normalized thing that it is. But so many origin stories always exist in a vacuum. And so they are the only heroes in their particular universe. And therefore there's no reference point. Whereas again, you're looking at a character who like completely idolizes the Avengers and specifically Captain Marvel. So it's a thing where like there could be a self-awareness in that how they go about it. Like they could be doing montages in a way where like they do it in a way that they think and understand and know, like, you know, superheroes might do it anyway. Right. Right. And so from that scene, we go to the mosque where both Kamala and Nakia um, are going to pray. Nakia is talking a lot about, her you know earlier we didn't get a lot of her in episode one but i think here we get a little bit more of an understanding of who she is and kind of her thoughts and 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 things of that nature but but here we get some obviously some banter between the two of them and uh they they kind of interrupt the the prayer that's going on but kamala kind of gets nakia to want to run to be a part of something specific within within the uh the mosque's culture which uh it seems like nakia definitely has as somebody who re who has read some of miss marvel but i'm still getting like accustomed to who these uh tertiary tertiary characters are uh nakia seems like somebody who has leadership vibes who wants to who feels like that 
trying to find themselves, but at the same time, she has a very uh, forceful personality, which we mm. see in this episode. Uh, I guess, Jerome, I, I would ask, like, since we didn't see a lot of what of who she is in the first one, how did it feel to get kind of a little bit more of an understanding of her her wants and dreams? Um, I, I think uh, my favorite parts about her really just kind of go down into like how supportive her and Kamala are of each other. Mm -hmm. And I think just in understanding, like I think a lot of us who have gone to high schools or gone and been in communities or been in like groups where we have been like the minority, like you always gravitate toward like your other. And it's even more fortunate if someone who like shares the same culture or ethnicity as you. But uh, I think like capturing that, that dynamic also in the uh, context of like their uh, religion, like even from like a gender standpoint, right? And just like the dynamics that way and how they're supportive of each other uh, when they get to um, Eid later on and how, you know, uh, uh, Nikki like um, leverages that uh, mm -hmm. with Kamala's father, just right. like all those things there. So I think uh, it, it's, it's really wonderful in the way that like how she exudes her own personal confidence, but also how each of them help each other become more confident people like i think mm -hmm. those kind of dynamics like those are the things that you look for and i think also what i enjoy about the show like it's not just about kamala but it's about like these group of friends that are like in high school together and doing stuff together and i think that i really liked about the scene in the mosque is that i think that in because america obviously is majority christian i think everyone knows that there are people who have different levels of devoutness and, and kind of don't take everything as sternly as serious. Even people who are very religious might have a conversation in church or might like not like that a church does this, that, and they might complain about the way that a uh, you know, sermon is done. And I think that too many times when we, in American fiction, portray other cultures, particularly Islam, it's like everyone is at, is completely like in line. There's no talking. It's just like it's portrayed as a monolith of you know, that there doesn't have the same fun and personality in, of individual people as, um, you know, we conceive of Christian church as. And I think it's really fun to see that, like, it's not as simple a binary of, like, whether or not they like the church or they don't like the church. That people, in the same way that someone might have a not like a certain, you know, priest. It's at less their... about the rigid, more about, like, the community the dynamics and yes. some of it informed yeah. by, like, yes. maybe traditionally some of the, like, what the structures that come from the religion. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's like, in the same way that, you know, people I went to Catholic church with didn't like some of the decisions that were made at mass, and that didn't make them any less Catholic, <laughs> that, right, like, right. they're able to, you know, express issues that they have with the mosque. Also just being a kid at mass. Exactly. And you I know? feel like I feel like we too often think of other religions as like not be having that freedom to do that. And of course they do, because, you know, uh, and, and I guess I'm trying to say that I in this thing, I'll probably be saying a lot. and It almost seems yeah. obvious, but like it's not obvious is that like anytime you can show that, like, we're not so different, you and I, in terms of different cultures, mm -hmm. I think it's really nice. And like that type of moment where people are just talking too much is something as a Catholic happened all the time and it's just and, like, and I, I can't yeah. necessarily i can't speak on behalf of just because like none of us here uh mm -hmm. like practice any of the religions that are practiced like in in this show but i think what it does feel like which is nice is even all of their criticisms or frustrations don't come at the expense of criticizing the religion itself. that's what i mean yeah exactly yeah. and it's not it's not like that either two that you get is either 
the culture is incredibly rigid and everyone follows it or the character is rebelling against it. And it's like, no, there's mm-hmm. gray. Like you can, you know, it, that, that, that's the whole, and the, and the thing about it being a community is so important. Cause like, that is the thing that's most important. And it's why they're able to have these conversations. And so I really liked it and it was really fun. And you know, the dynamics were, like I said, like the feeling of hearing them talk as someone who always is annoyed when people talk and you know, when you're supposed to be quiet, I'm like, shut up. I know there's a conversation for the show, but shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, so uh, they they leave the they leave the mosque and Kamala convinces uh, Nakia to to get a, get more involved. So, but we do have the whole party situation that we got to get to. So before that happens, Kamala goes to her mama, and obviously her and her mama Muniba had a little bit of a conversation at the end of episode one. But what I liked here is Kamala went to her mom, said, "My bad, I'm sorry. Can I go to this party?" And she's like, yeah, you can't. So, like, it doesn't do the whole, like, rigidities that we used to see in sitcoms back in the back in the 90s, like a Boy Meets yeah. World or something where Corey would just never be able to go out after he did something wrong or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so how are you supposed to meet the world in your bedroom? <laughs> exactly. So, so Kamala ends up going to the party with her folks and... and uh, and we see Cameron like all the way up there, uh, mm-hmm. jumping from the top, from the top of the house into mm-hmm. the pool. And what I loved here, and again, the visuals in this show are just excellent because they simultaneously feel like a comic book, but also just like the animation is just excellent. As uh, as Kamala's just head over heels, crushing on this guy, and just completely loses her wit. Just like, and it does feel like. It, it it does feel like you take it back to like all of the old high school romance type things that you used to see with with stuff like that. So I I enjoyed that scene and and it, it was fun. And then again we get uh Mr. Jelly uh Bruno feeling some type of way as this continues on as it becomes. I mean, if a he keeps this, we're gonna have to go like Kanto on his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and new rule: we don't talk about Bruno anyway. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so uh, you know, the po- the police come. The the party's getting out of hand for Zoe and Co. So Cameron. Offers- so I want to know where she lives. I'm very curious, and this is, I have serious doubts that she lives in that house but goes to a public school in Jersey City. But maybe her parents are just like you know progressive and want to send their daughter to public school. Good for them. But like. There are houses like that in Bergen County, New Jersey, which is like relatively close, but they are not sending their kids to school in downtown in, uh, in Jersey City. But it, it was fun. That looked like a fun party. No, it, it did. It did. And so Cameron offers to, to shut drive. down quick, though. They shut oh, it down super quick. That's yeah. true. I will yeah. also say, fuck that guy who gave her the oh, alcohol the without vodka? her. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like one of those things. And it also just seemed like kind of just like a purely unnecessary scene. I think the only like thing about it that kind of came out, or at least the point, was maybe it showed Bruno just being like a decent guy for like, you know, just calling out and shouting out like how messed up it was. But yeah, what a dick. I think um, I think the point of it was, I think it was unnecessary because we got this from the performance, but I think the sure. point of it from the writing was to establish how unfamiliar she is with this sort of world. I think that that's- Yeah, I think so. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's the type of thing that when you're in the edit bay and you see how Amon is playing it, you're like, we get mm-hmm. that. We don't need that scene. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So so Cameron's driving them all and- And he's so wearing a pink do-rag? Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Good shot by you. Um, 
<laughs> but, but yes. So I mean, it would be a wild take if he just like when he comes out like of the pool all wet and he puts on a fur to dry off. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's it doesn't seem nice out and he's in a pool. I mean, come on. All right. And then, then all of a sudden he just says, hey, ma. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Along there those, you go. Something along those lines. But but yeah, so they're in the car and and him and Kamala are really vibing much mm-hmm. to the sh- much to the chagrin of our guy, Bruno. And so they're, they're having to talk about about not only movies, but just uh, Cameron talks about his mom a little bit. And then, you know, Cameron offers to Kamala, hey, you could drive this car at some point, which then mm-hmm. Bruno does the ultimate dick move of, of being like, oh, yeah, Kamala, didn't you fail your test, your driving test? Mm-hmm. It was weird, too, because it's just like, who was that serving to benefit, period? Like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't help. It doesn't it make, benefit like, you either. Come you on, know, he's, he's simping. He's simping is the thing. Too hard. I think, and I think the thing, as the person who's closest in age still to being, simping in high school does not make logical sense. You know what I mean? Like, you're just no, not going to, no. you're yeah. not going to, because he's just trying to think of something to insert himself in. Well, it's, I mean, like, it's the, it's the Millhouse. Like, if mm-hmm. I do everything she says, she's bound to respect me. Like, that's not a bad Millhouse. And yeah. I, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, he definitely, she's trying too hard. Um, and I think also the thing is, if once you're in a dude's Porsche, you've lost the battle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? He's Hello. hot and has a Porsche? <laughs> yeah, like, driving the Porsche Kaya, like, and be very cavalier about just, like, letting everyone in. Like, mm-hmm. it's less generous than it is just, like, you are crazy loaded. <laughs> yeah, it's... And, yeah, just to, and to say that the whole drive my car thing, it's just, like, that's... Like, what yeah. is this, best foreign film at the Oscars this year? But, it's, anyway. <laughs> so, 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 obviously, Killer Cam drops him off and, mm-hmm. and gives Kamala his number... Mm-hmm. And and of course says bye to everybody, but you know obviously conveniently gets Bruno's name wrong. So that 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 seems like that'll be a thing that'll be going on as we go. I mean, hitting him with the Brian was See, uncalled for. It, but. You know, is on and it had to be on purpose. I say that because if I met a person who was like sixteen named Bruno who was a white guy, I would remember it. That'd be like, yes. excuse yeah, me, yeah, <laughs> Bruno. Uh, are you sure about that? <laughs> So then what proceeds to happen is Kamala goes home and I just loved Iman in this scene. Uh, just the un- uh, the mm-hmm. unadulterated joy, the just like. Very the, the opposite of the Joker dancing down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, very... same idea, give or take, like just their highest moment. But yes. Very much so. That was so much fun. I and and it just reminds me of how fresh this show feels. Like just from a just from a a visual standpoint, and just the ideas that they've brought to it so far, and really mm-hmm. instituting the ideas of this is just a kid having fun, and that's just and it's like, not literal. It's not visually literal. Which, despite these movies having a ton of computer effects, so many times. These big budget superhero movies are completely visually literal. There's no no interpretation. There's no you don't and nothing is expressed from the character. And obviously, there's the things like the writing and stuff, which is like not real. But just having a moment where it's so clear that we're seeing what's in her head, and it's that that I think is so much more powerful than any words can put to it. And it's one of those things I think a lot when I watch a movie where I, this it's like, oh, this is why you make movies and television as opposed to documentary because like it you <laughs> are. 
you could never express in words the feeling she's having, but I think Amon crushes this. And the, the, yes. the thing that's also worth noting is not only is she like an unknown, straight up not no professional acting credits, was not going to go into acting. Like, you really just, in scenes like this is where I'm gobsmacked that that's the yeah, case. Yeah, her story because, is amazing. Yeah. but and, and the way that it is so seamless and I also really love that they don't do one of those things that a lot of times when there's like a in your head dance sequence where someone will like, it will end with like a crushing, like we'll just stop short, like, hey, how are you doing? Or like, you're too home too late. That it keeps going. We don't get the joy robbed of us. You yes. feel it. She goes on the stairs and is still singing. It really is. Well, I mean, like off. when you you get a W, like a big yeah. W, that, mm-hmm. that shit lasts with you. It doesn't mm-hmm. like nothing is going to take you off of that. It would have to be very extreme for yeah. that to happen. Mm-hmm. And shout yeah, and to Jake's point, shout out to the show for letting that continue as she daydreams about about her and kill a cam, and mm-hmm. then and then so like obviously it goes to her daydreaming in class once again, but she has a little bit of an issue as as her has her powers kind of uh, pop up on her nose, and mm-hmm. oh no, time to go to the time to go to the bathroom, and uh, Nakia follows her and what proceeds after this is a is a nice conversation between the two reinforcing their friendship and their bond as Nikia talks about her uh her own her own issues as far as kind of like embracing the culture and mm-hmm. kind of the changes that she's gone through and how she's seen uh I really like this scene because yeah. again like you want to establish this friendship but it also based off of the fact that Kamala hides the stuff from her Mm -hmm. it's kind of a tease of what could potentially come later if there's kind of like a little bit of an impasse between the two so i thought like without taking the without taking the joy and the personal aspect out of it but it's also a nice little tease uh -hmm. uh, jake what did you think of that scene uh i really loved it especially nikia's bit i think that it was so um it felt like really real, and I, and this is something that when we in the future, and we're hoping to have you know people um, who are more familiar with this the culture on to talk with us. But I think it is a significant detail mm. just to break stereotypes that it is that she made the decision to put the hijab on that that it was, and I think that like once again, like I don't want to reinforce any of the stereotypes by like even saying them, but we all know how these cultures yeah. are often portrayed, and so to be it like no, this is a decision that makes me me, and is the thing that makes me feel more powerful and in command like that is the reality of it and like i think that once again as people who i think kind of are in the milieu and know these things it's obvious but it's like i think that i think people really underestimate how unfamiliar people are with these cultures and so the 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 idea is putting it in there that it could be something that makes you feel powerful and more like yourself is not an insignificant thing and i'm really glad that they made that choice no for sure jerome anything to add um, not really. I, I mentioned a little bit already earlier when we were talking about Nakia uh, and pretty much echo the same thing there. But yeah, no, Jake kind of covered it there. Um, uh, yeah. And adding the point there, of just like all those things and her being able to communicate like how it was her decision. Super cool. Like I, I, I plead full ignorance in um, like understanding and knowing the religion and how like the dynamics of how things work there. But I think just from a character standpoint, just to allow her to establish that, I think that's great. Yes, yes. And so then we get Bruno in the guidance counselor's office, and apparently Bruno is getting uh he's getting a look at I think it's Caltech, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. That that he's gonna get to uh internet and it presents 
to me the classic sitcom well mm. it looks like at the end of the season i'm gonna have to decide whether i go off to the summer uh, off to a summer internship and and i and i have to tell the girl that i really like um whether should i tell her that stuff like that i feel like we're building towards that too i think so we're that... queuing you got it bad by usher is what we're <laughs> doing right there yeah yes 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 so i i'm intrigued to see where this goes and obviously it continues as uh, as uh, Cameron has uh, Kamala. They're gonna take a they're gonna take a spin together, and of course Bruno is like, "Oh shucks, poor Bruno, poor Bruno. He's so down bad in this episode. God, he's damn. down so oh, bad. It's so terrible. It's, he was it's it's. I, I rewatched it today, and I, I I forgot how damn bad he was. It's really he was, it's he's down super bad, facing every <laughs> Bruno that you could possibly. Face. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just no because it, you know he's trying to he's trying to tell her you know he wants to tell her something and then you know obviously she's more distracted with this and then on top of that she hits him with the oh you're gonna eat with us right so it's just like it just it's one of those things where it's a uh, tough tough for our guy right now but we have um Kamala and Cameron drive and Kamala's driving and she's driving a little fast um mm-hmm. and, you know. You know, she's not God a good driver. She, no. she should not. No, ha- not. No. She should not have passed that test, and he should not have let her drive that car. Like both are true at the yeah. same time. No, for sure. And you know, they drive around, and I do like the chemistry between the two. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty cool uh, having them go back and forth mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, eventually, they're sitting down. They're sitting down to eat, and then eventually, at some point, uh, Kamala. But can I interrupt you? There's a thing I want to ask you, AC. Yeah. So go ahead. The, he mentions. He may, tell me if I'm correct. He mentioned that him and his mom moved around a lot growing up, right? Yes. You know who's? You know what type of people move out around a lot? Specifically, makes sense with Cameron. Diplomats. There you go. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We're there. That is a that's a great great shot by. No, uh, great shot. Uh, unload all the things I unload all the things I know about Cameron now. No man. Uh, I, He's doing a good job working within the offense today, Jake. Got to give credit. <laughs> um, yeah, but but yeah. So like they're you know they're they're about to eat and and then of course uh, Kamala's brother notices them there and obviously Kamala's a little afraid of that that moment. So so uh, both both um, Kamala's but before brother, that happens, I I do love yes. the drop of them trading back and forth the kingo movies that they love and talking about the different generations of kingo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's good <laughs> it, 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 like as far as like larger like marvel cinematic universe nice little reference like references there, yes. i love that that one was great mm-hmm. yes yes for sure so so then there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a back and forth and then Kamala somehow convinces her brother that uh that Cameron's a cousin of a distant cousin of theirs. <laughs> um which which obviously uh her brother's fiance is I mean women know women know these things. So <laughs> yes. So, mm-hmm. so so she could tell this otherwise so she gets them out of there and you know they're able to talk further. This is really speaking from like experience there. Just mm-hmm. like no, I mean, listen, women, women know these things like <laughs> you, you, what you call it. Uh, you, you can't get anything past them, but we're well, not. You know, slick. No, we're not at all. Not at all in the slightest. Um, but but yeah, so 
they're able to um later so they go so later obviously they they leave but it it just i again i can reiterate it again i really am enjoying the the back and forth between the two of them so we'll see where that goes and so we get to the i think it's the the dinner scene with with kamala or her and her family and i think what ends up happening here is very interesting with both Yusuf and Muniba, and they're they're talking about the partition that that took place, and this is where, for me, and I can insert my hashtag washed agenda here mm-hmm. because what Yusuf does here is a perfect example of what a washed dad slash husband will do, where they keep talking and uh, about stuff that whether it's their significant other or their kids don't feel comfortable about, but mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just going to keep hammering this point home. Cause you could see the look on Muniba's face. So that was, that was a, that was an interesting scene. Jerome, how the interplay between uh, both mom and dad here. So, I mean, so far we've gotten a decent idea of what their relationship is, but this mm-hmm. was a different, uh, this is a little bit of a different turn. Um, yeah, I like how it worked on two levels. Uh, I liked how, how it worked on the level of like the mystery of the show and the mystery of like where all this like probably is sourced from uh, in terms of potentially Kamala's powers. I also like it in terms of the um, like at the dinner table, we don't talk about so-and-so uh, <laughs> dynamic that happens because like I think we all have that story or relative where um, – you know, it, it goes along and whether it's the dad or someone else, like suddenly they just start saying a little too much. Mm-hmm. And and you could yeah. see either just the knowing glance. Um, and to your point, AC, like the part where he is fully aware that he is saying doing the most, but he's just like, ah, I'm, I'm just going to keep this rolling. And uh, yeah, like I think uh, what you're getting there is a uh, – just like a very natural looking dinner and conversation, uh, especially about like, you know, tough stories or tough um, history within a family. And uh, yeah, I think it's all very familiar. Yes, for sure. And, and uh, what, what happens here as they're, you know, they're talking about family and the name Aisha comes up is uh, towards the end of this conversation, Kamala kind of like her powers kick in. And mm-hmm. she's having one of the, she's having like an out of body body experience. Can right? Aisha cook though? Abe, <laughs> <laughs> yo, wow. Yeah, that's Steph, from, Steph, Steph from thirty. Steph from thirty six. Thirty six feet. That's a that's a, that's a good one, man. That's a really good one. So <laughs> so Kamala, after oh my god, this guy um, has uh, Kamala with her powers and stuff. So obviously they're flipping out. And she sees a vision, what I would have to assume is uh, probably her great grandmother, who mm-hmm. who eventually she calls her Kamala calls her grandmother after after the scene ends to kind of get an idea of what's happening. But her grandmother doesn't want to tell her. Uh, Muniba wants her to stay away from the bangles. The grandmother scene is she... a good preview of what Josiah is going to see when he tries to FaceTime AC. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are so right 
You're so right about that. I, I can't even argue. I'm leaning into it. Um, and and, I, and and what I love is she's talking to her grandmother, and then of course um, Yusuf comes up to check on her. And then she got to use her powers to close the door because she's trying to figure out more about what this issue is. But yeah, like I was saying, her her grandmother doesn't want to tell her either. So this family story and this this kind of conflict and this bad situation. This seems to be a lot of where this main story is headed. So I'm curious to see how that kind of continues. And so we get the next morning. And then so Kamala's like, let me go ask my mom about the whole situation. And Munif is like, nah, you know, no. leave it alone. She doesn't want to talk alone. about it. She wants to talk about Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> What'd she say? Uh, what did she say? What was the if song? It wasn't first, no, Slippery When Wet is the album. Slippery, he said slippery. if it wasn't, you see, this is why you need a white person on the pod. Slippery When yes. Wet is the album. <laughs> and she says that her and Yusuf would not have gone together without it. Um, which, which, it is um, interesting. It's inter- it, it is an interesting choice because if you're going to have a show set in New Jersey and there's going to be an old white musician, you, the obvious answer is Bruce Springsteen. But it's they made the choice to go with Bon Jovi. And you know, that, I, I do like that. I do like that choice. Yes. And I, I think it plays even nicer for the dynamic of them like the parents to like be into it like because i could see i think if you were going to ingratiate yourself with u.s culture mm-hmm. like i would say bon jovi makes more sense yeah. than brings bruce springsteen also that- bon jovi is lamer now like bruce springsteen himself is like still pretty lame but like right. a lot of his songs mm-hmm. like still have staying power whereas like obviously bon jovi songs are still played but they're everyone knows they're cheesy like they don't have like the yeah. same political messages that's also <laughs> like i think that's like the kind of thing of like it's easier to adapt and get into because it's cheesy. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly slippery when wet <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah amir is clearly disgusted with this um just like any any child would be of um, hot of topic amir by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so then they they go to i think it's i think it's eid, they eid, yes, to, eid yeah. is the yes yeah, they're going to, to either they got a festival going on, so they got all of the culture out there. And so Nikki is trying to get her her situation started. Uh Bruno's dressed up to the T, trying to assimilate, trying to trying to what you call it, uh, you know, ingratiate himself even even mm-hmm. further. Is it I think at that point, like what we're like meant to establish is Bruno just like been such a long standing member of the family. Like yeah. I don't I don't take that as like him trying to like take over like if anything it's almost at this point because of the dynamic and the introduction of Cameron like it's like he feels um, genuinely a part of it so like this like yeah but like it's almost like reluctant like I gotta do like I can't like step away from my duties just as much like I don't I don't think it's like as much of a like hey I'm here to impress the parents well yeah no for sure and also I think that that's the thing with a lot of different cultural festivals assuming that it's not one of those things where like to the point it's this is clearly like the the you know cultural aspect of it, as opposed to the very religious aspect. And so there are plenty of you know all cultures have that where there are people who might not necessarily be part of the faith who are like the friends and they're always there. And like obviously we get the impression that this is not his first, fourth, or even fifth Eid. So it was right. fun to see him you know asking if his clothes are too bright, which I agree with uh, you know uh, um, Kamala's mother that there is no such thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, it's a good fit. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. So a lot of this scene is about Nakia trying to, you know, cultivate favor in the community. So we get a we get a look at all of the different groups that mm. that are there. But she mainly goes to talk to Yusuf first, and uh, yeah, Yusuf kind of gets caught there because he doesn't even really get to say too much. And Nakia mm-hmm. does basically all of the talking, and then he takes the flyer, and then his homeboy, who's you know the incumbent guy 
is not exactly happy with that situation. So I would like to see where where that goes. But yeah, Nakia is really she's a major part of this episode in in a lot of ways. So I appreciate the fact that they're you know they're using all of the characters and all of the people around Kamala in a way that makes them feel important and makes them feel like they matter to the story as well. And it's clear that they do. So as you know, the scene transitions, we get, uh, we go to Zoe with agent Cleary, uh, continuing what happened at the end of the first episode with the mid credit scene. And obviously he's, he's doing the same thing that he did to Ned in Spider-Man no way home with the classic, like, Oh, I'm on your side. You know, basically the whole what was wasn't that party so cool and you did all this <laughs> stuff and, and and stuff like that until he you know he catches her with the whole um, enhanced thing and then I think her name is is it Agent Deaver I believe you, I believe you know that if anyone of us is gonna know it, it's gonna be you I <laughs> yeah I think it's Agent yeah it's Agent Deaver who who shows up uh, uh you know once she Zoe's kind of caught in it. And what was interesting about this scene to me... Yeah, I want to hear what you guys think about how... Yeah, yeah what's I going on thoughts. there. I, yeah. I, 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 I do have some thoughts. Well, you know what, Jake? I want to hear you first, and then yeah, I'll Because go. I accidentally, last time, I forgot that this bit wasn't in the post-credits, because we obviously we watched the first two episodes beforehand, and so I talked about it on last week's pod, but I had to cut it out because of spoilers. <laughs> I think that... I really hope that there is some sort of payoff with the whole cultural aspect of this interrogation with the bits about like the mosques and all that. Yeah. Because if it is just something that they say once to acknowledge, then I almost wish they didn't acknowledge it at all. There was, I haven't felt this uneasy is the wrong word, but this like, let me see where this goes. Skepticism since Since? in the winter. soldier. there you go. Bingo. That's exactly where I was going. Like it's it's Uh, the thing where like, there's certain things, there are certain social issues that like, it's fine just to kind of like wave at and be like, we acknowledge this, but like the persecution and surveillance of Muslim communities after Mm -hmm. 9-11 is something that is, I think way too serious just to mention in a line. And like, it's also how they play out the scene because like, the way, like, it cuts away, and yeah. then, like, the, you know, um, sorry, what's the other agent's name? Agent uh, Deaver. D- Deaver, and- Deaver, yeah, it's Deaver and Cleary. 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 Yeah, so Agent Cleary, like, having to make, like, like just very dramatic reactions mm-hmm. in the cutaways as she starts talking through, like, those kind of moments there um like it's mm-hmm. it's it becomes very on the nose at that point like uh ooh, i don't know about this and, and of, i also you know. hope that they didn't uh-huh. just cast that because um arian moyet i believe is i don't know if that's pro- how it's mm-hmm. uh, pronounced exactly but he is from iran and he obviously I, I don't know what his religious background is but i hope they didn't also just cast that part as someone who is brown, just to blunt it, it, it would like, it would have been way some... weirder if we didn't have the Spider Man scene. Yes, but I yeah. I hope that 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 is also something that comes to play. That I hope that there is some sort of recognition from him about it beyond just like the say because mm-hmm. it, like I said, it is a thing. If you're going to bring it up, if you're going to put that ball on the tee, you have to hit it because it is it is not something to play. It is not a social issue to nod at. Mm. It is something you actually yeah. have to interrogate. I am glad that the both of you said this because um, I have a couple of thoughts about this, but like the main one is 
I think when you use all those buzzwords that Agent Deaver uses, where she goes into the whole Latinx thing, yeah. like that stuff yeah, first, yeah. it's like it was just like I wouldn't call it off-putting, but it's like one of those things where it was one. It was written so specifically in the way that, like, if you're like, it's Agent Karen, like, it just like it was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yes, but to but to your you know your point, Jerome. Like as far as like it reminded me of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and kind of like the yeah. very heavy-handed type of uh, scenes and dialogue that they used in some of those situations as well. So to Jake's point overall, if you're gonna do this, do it. Like you gotta go there, and this is the thing with with Disney yeah. properties trying to get into these types of conversations because if you're not willing to go all the way then you're going to dilute the message if you want to send a message to the people that are watching it especially the younger people who are watching it if you do a watered down version of it and i'm not saying that like you got to like od but just do do it to a point where it's i think it's reinforced enforced and reinforced that these situations are a real thing. Islamophobia is a real thing. Yeah. And it should be followed upon and followed through. And, because part, uh, I, yeah. think, I think the very specific thing they have to do is, yeah. I think it is not just enough to just make it that Islamophobia is a bad thing. I think they, if part of the conclusion of it doesn't involve a recognition of it is bad for a government specifically to profile people yeah. by religion, then I think it's not enough. Because the fact that they, that it is not just, he yeah. doesn't just say, they are they you know they might be nervous because of islamophobia he specifically says because the government did this this and this like yeah, right, right, right. like it has to be the point it, they have to it can't very... be just like a reckoning on this one like bad apple character exactly it has to be like yeah. no matter what the situation it is wrong for the government to systematically surveil people out of religion full stop i think yeah if, if, i, I, I think sure the, that is not enough i, I yeah. think the feeling to try to sum up at least like that scene is just like it's not surprising because obviously Islamophobia is a real thing and it can be present in situations like that. Realistically, it is mm-hmm. just surprising in that, like in the context of the show and where we were going, um, it just seemed unprompted in a way that like, if, yeah, they just dropped point, it in if, there. if it doesn't go anywhere, it's just like very oddly placed. Yeah. And but, I think it, I, but yeah, like, yeah. But like, I don't think any of us, anyway, are here coming to any conclusion about it. We're just like, no. oh, what just happened here? No, oh, it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. it's something, it's something things. to take notice. But I will say, and I, I, I have had this thought for a little while now, um, after seeing the first two episodes a couple of times, is that your man, Agent Cleary, this is my other thought on this, I think he's a scroll. I, 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 really, okay. I, really, I think mm-hmm. he is a scroll, and I think back to No Way Home, and I say to myself, how Ooh. would okay if how if would he's a scroll. This theory no listen drum this is actually a good point i've seen him post this before i want him to say it on the pod yeah i just want to hear this yeah sorry go yeah. ahead yeah so like how would especially with somebody like nick fury who is the spy the spy who keeps the secrets and very few people know them and obviously he has a friendship with scrolls already as the stuff with talos and his wife so he knows these things and so you figure like Anybody who would know something like that would either be somebody really close to Fury or a scroll. So the right. fact that the fact that Agent Cleary tells um I think oh tells Peter that oh Fury's off world. How would he know that? 
Like how would be how would how yeah, would that yeah, be yeah, information yeah. that he would be giving up? Because this organization that he's working for isn't associated with Sword. It's not. It's never. He's not the head of anything. He seems like a middle man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it's, not. It's, yeah. It's well right. beyond his pay grade if it is. Also, I don't think you. I also he's not like super famous, but I don't think you cast him if this. Like, he's I, notable I enough. It's a recognizable guy if yeah. you don't plan on making him. Um, yeah, no, no. The only point I was going to make, just like from the conversation yeah. we came off of, if he is a scroll and if that's revealed in this, that also makes this like just weirdly complicated. Though, well, I because think. I like you know what the the vantage point that I'm looking at it in, and I actually agree with the point that you're making. Is because I think it's one of those things where when he has the facial reactions, your first thought is, oh, he's uncomfortable because of this specifically sure. when it comes to race. But in the instance that I'm thinking of is he's uncomfortable because as somebody who is a scroll, scrolls have been kind of looked at as a persecuted group as well. Yeah, so are, I, I, I understand Marvel. that that's like where you're going with that. But, but I agree I'm just with saying, your like, point and the feeling about it. To, is you true. try to like essentially then, okay, I'll just leave it at this because I don't want to go any deeper and I want to no, see just like where yeah. it goes. But like, um, I, I would be very, if that's where it's going, I'd be curious how they essentially will turn maybe like, a scroll experience is a parable for something that is very real and very serious. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So bears watching, but you know, with now as uh, the scene transitions back to the, the celebration um, it's, it's in the evening and Kamala sitting with all the gossipy ladies and the Illumin, the, the Illumin, uh, what is it? Aunties. Aunties, Illuminantes. The Illuminantes. Yes. I also just like the whole scene of introducing everyone yeah. that reminded me very much of like Mean Girls in the uh, yeah. cafeteria room. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Kamala's talking to all of them, and apparently they all have a lot to say about. Uh, I also uh, like that that's the solution of how she actually gets to find out about yeah. her family secret. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So because you know, like that's that's exactly what you would do when your parents don't mm -hmm. want to like no like tell you about anything you go to like the chatty ones yep because there's someone in your family or extended family or f like larger group where you call them aunts mm -hmm. aunties and uncles anyway that are going to spill all the if tea any in. extended family mm -hmm. members for me want to know all the gossip i'm i I'm surprised no one that i am definitely someone who i'll share shit and my <laughs> right, mom right, right, exactly because she my mom is very much a don't share shit person and it's like why do you give birth to a share shit guy then yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> right right so so obviously she learns that and obviously the gossip kind of turns and you just like everything else like the story kind of like mutates into something else where mm -hmm. you know they're talking about Kamala's great grandmother they're saying that maybe she murdered somebody or you know she you know she had an affair and stuff like that like all of that type of stuff is coming out what what the truth is we don't actually know as of yet but i like that they're continuing to pull this thread and leading us a, a little bit along and we'll see how the story develops there but all of that is interrupted by a young man who for whatever reason is all the way up uh, on the top of uh, on the top of the building um taking a selfie leaning outside of a window and um, I don't know me. I'm pretty risk averse. Like I, I, I'll just take a selfie standing. I don't know I, why yeah. I'm leaning out this oh, way. Yeah, I'm the thing about too. it is, it's not an interesting selfie. No, it's not. <laughs> like, that's that's the thing. For, it's not so much that he does like all this stuff, but like judging, I'd have to rewatch it. But judging, like looking at the photo itself, it's not like you can even tell where he is. The thing too is like there are places in Jersey City where if 
if facing a certain way, he could get like the New York skyline in the background. That'd be a cool selfie. <laughs> but he doesn't. It's just like the streets of Jersey City, which, you know, once again, I loved when I lived there, but not a very scenic place for most of it. No, for sure. And so obviously he falls and, you know, he's hanging off for dear life. Kamala's got to spring into action. And uh, what follows is, I think, a really instructive scene, not only for Kamala, but I think for what the story of mm-hmm. of her hero's journey is. Trying to, you know, pick this stuff up on the fly. Hey, I got powers. It's awesome. However, you have to actually, if you want to be a hero, you got to save people. And, you know, people are, everybody got their phones out. So, like, everybody's recording the whole thing and, and seeing what she's trying to do. She's obviously- Nightlight, terrible name. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Yeah, not, that's why yeah, you gotta get. That's why you gotta get your name out there early. I was, you know, they, it's one of those things. It was, I don't. That's the thing. Like she could not get her name out. Like that that's was. True. Like, uh, Let yeah. me say this. Say what you will about the Zodiac Killer. He very specifically gave a list of names that they could call him. He gave a list. He's like, you can call me this, this, and this. And I know I don't have to hand it to the Zodiac Killer, but he did do that, and we have to respect him for it. <laughs> not just good at. Uh... <laughs> Not just good at serial killing. Excellent at branding. Excellent at branding. He left like four people alive in his killing. He's actually pretty bad at serial killing, but I understand what your point is. (laughs) Um, But anyway. So, yeah. So, you know, she's trying to use her powers. And again, like she only really had two scrimmages or like a scrimmage or two. So she didn't really like, you know, get the game reps yet. It's it's different practicing as opposed to getting those real games. Also, I don't think she exactly knows what she wants to do with her powers. No, I think, she doesn't. I think what happens in that scene is that she realizes she has no choice but to intervene because she can do something about it. Right, and I think the fight or flight element of what she was going through at the time and trying to save the young man actually helped her initially get him. But then what ends up happening is like everybody thinks it's okay and obviously she's getting all the likes and, and the phone's going off and everything else. But... You know, of course, she has her powers kind of go on the fritz again, and uh, another vision occurred. And so then the the young man falls, and obviously she what um you know proceeds to happen is she's trying to save him, trying to save him, in beginning, trying to put the, the the little constructs out for him to him to land on, and then you know obviously he he's not seriously seriously hurt, but he ends up getting hurt nonetheless. But I and I but I like that it happened that way, and I thought it was a very good job of storytelling because if you want to establish what it takes to be a hero or a superhero in in this universe, hey, you got to go through some growing pains, and I think this is like the perfect example of oh, this is real for me. So I think that was a very good scene, very instructive scene because it's easy to do the oh, I save somebody very instantly right off the bat, but instead, like oh, the struggle. The struggle is a real thing. So I, I like that that how that scene played out. Do you guys have anything that you want to add to that scene? Yeah, it's good action. It was really good suspense. Like you knew nothing serious was going to happen because it's a child falling yeah. out of a building. And yet still like it did enough to kind of just like make it messy, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, And then – I know you're going to get to it, but I think what I like about how quickly acting it is, again, it's like it just like subtle things that make it very apparent that these people, this isn't the first hero that these people have ever seen. This is another hero that has come around. And so to everyone, it's very just like, oh, like every day, like here comes another hero. Let's see what they do and have that all play out. And it works so well in the sense of 
not just that, but also how quickly the feds react in finding her. Yes. Yeah. They're, mm. they are on the board. They, they, they on it on the, on that technology. So can we, we talk dr- about the pizza and ice cream though? This kid, I mean, yeah. I, mm. I, wasn't rooting, I wasn't rooting for him to fall, but like the ankle sprain is the least he deserves for the pizza and ice cream thing. Like I like, <laughs> I, I've eaten a lot of garbage in my day, like a lot, it's too much garbage. Some might say, but like, come on, pizza and ice cream. Like those are just completely not even like, I'm not even anti pineapple on pizza. I don't personally don't like it, but do you? Pizza, then ice cream. Pizza, or then an ice cream. It's a good or an ice cream specific pizza where yeah. it's just like a like where a sweet which, situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's almost no, like that's, a. Yeah. An ice like cream that's like a funnel cake, essentially. But this, no, Papa, this, let me just pitch this to you. Ice cream pizza, like a cookie cake with ice cream on top. Like with like yeah, a layer exactly. of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. A, that I'm down for. But sure, sure, ice, sure. come on. That's fun. I do love mm. the line of uh, just imagine yeah. a big plate. A bowl of ice cream pizza. I mean, one symptom of COVID is losing your taste. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. Jeez. Fourth quarter, fourth quarter shot right here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um so yeah, so we see kind of we see the drones from what they look like the drones from uh from mm-hmm. far from home uh that we yeah. see that we see in this scene as uh, Kamala is uh trying to escape them. Um, she initially gets ask a good question of like who owns the start tech at this point it's stolen is a big part that's going to be stolen's a big part but like in in those cases that's like an official capacity start tech yeah that is a good point um i'm not sure i imagine that you know maybe uh happy in order to buy that condo like licensed the design i don't know well, well, like we'll that's like that. Th- those are like one of those things there where it's just like because it becomes like a power vacuum, right? Mm. And yeah, like maybe a, this is where like armor wars, too. armor yeah. wars comes into right. play. All these sort of things. Mm. Like, how do we know? Like, I say Star Tech. How do we know it's not Hammer Tech? Like, it's just you like things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I mean, you could talk about a couple of different. Pro- I mean, Armor Wars and Ironheart. Like, those are the two yeah, things yeah, exactly. that you will look look uh, for going forward. But. Yeah, Kamala. Uh, Ironheart, gets... by the way, I will forever think is just like a Care Bears offshoot of MCU. But mm-hmm. continue. <laughs> but yeah, so Kamala is fortunately able to escape as uh, mm-hmm. as Killer Cam pulls up to save mm-hmm. her, and uh, and as they drive off, we meet uh, Cam's mom, and that's mm-hmm. how the episode ends. So I wonder who she is. I, I didn't watch I only watched it the one time because like Kamala sees a like sees the vision that like distracts her. That's supposed to be her great grandmother. I think that's her that great point. I think I I think it's her great grandmother. I think so too. And, yeah. and it's not the same actor no. who ends up no, in the, Yeah, okay, it's not at all. Okay. I yeah. like it very yeah, I did not pay enough attention, clearly. No, you're good money. But but yeah, so that's how the episode ends. So yeah, I mean, as we are one third of a way through the show, um, I gotta say I'm digging it. I'm really liking yeah. what's happening. It's it's uh, the energy is there, the story is there, and uh, the main character is killing it. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, any any final thoughts from you guys as we get ready for episode three? Put it this way: wherever this goes, it's already going to be a success because, like. Iman Valani nailing Miss Marvel like is all that really matters mm-hmm. and all that we need to come out of this with. Like I know we've talked about some like particular things yeah. in it uh in terms of just like how they might handle like the Islamophobia yeah. side of things and how that all plays out and yes it will maybe affect how we look at the season and series as a whole. Yeah. But the like the goal of this is to introduce and be excited about this one character. 
maybe some side characters if we get like you know nice to haves um and you know two in love the character and i'm just so excited to see wherever she goes if anything like i don't even know that i care too much about where the plot actually takes her if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i think that's a fair point uh jake how about you yeah i was gonna say something similar that like it's a wonder it's it's amazing how much a show being enjoyable to watch does the heavy lifting of a lot of things like i'm just a lot less concerned with like how it's gonna end like how much i like the show is a lot less dependent on how it ends or how the story goes than other things because like the act of watching it is always enjoyable because it's so stylized it's so electric and so like i think that it's a really good reminder to fans of marvel that like first and foremost the product should be enjoyable to watch and then like if it can just support your fa- uh, you know theories and different things in the future that's cool too but um yeah I mean, i'm just not worried about a lot of the same things as i would be with previous series because it's not all riding on the plot right and i think finally for me i feel like as somebody who's kind of riding the vibe so far um yeah there are a couple of questions i have just things that things that i'm curious about like the agent cleary thing so we'll see how that plays out I'm intrigued. Uh, the family story stuff that mm-hmm. like that grabs me. I want to see mm-hmm. where this goes as far as that's concerned. And those those probably more difficult conversations that Kamala's mom is going going to have to have with her. That I'm looking forward. Maybe to it's really to ask, out. but like, where do you see the Marvel side of things factoring in, if at all? Well, uh, the only thing that I will say about that is hopefully by kind of explaining the powers and as we get used to them and know them more we will get the full understanding of what that means for the marvels and how that Mm -hmm. relates to not only carol but monica so like uh, it's mainly that and obviously this little side thing with agent cleary is just like an interesting like little thread to pull on and you guys mentioned the stuff about the stark tech so it it helps i mean like especially with your theory about cleary being a scroll like the very easy connective way that you can bring um miss marvel to uh captain marvel is through nick fury yeah right right and i and and that's the thing like as long as those things are connected and as long as we have scrolls around if that if this is the case then the connection to secret invasion is there so like all of those things could potentially be a thing but i do love that that is something that's more in the background and not the main focus as as iman is just you know knocking it out of the park right she's now she's cooking she's honestly she's on a clay game 6 type run right now and you got to appreciate it yeah. yeah, she yeah, she yeah, she's rolling, so we'll see what happens with Miss Marvel ne- uh next week. But before we go, there were a couple of news items in the MCU that that uh I wanted to talk about with you guys real quick. We first got an announcement, this was towards the end of last week, but it's a pretty relevant one for the film The Thunderbolts, which will be filming next summer. And uh Jake Schreier has been tapped to direct. And I believe it's Eric Pearson who's writing it, the mm-hmm. same person who wrote, wrote Black Widow. And what this obviously is going to look like is, I'm guessing this is Val's team, whoever she gets together by, you know, by the time that we get to this film. Um, I'm intrigued. Like, obviously, candidates could include Yelena, John Walker, Zemo. Like, those are the top three that I'm thinking of right yeah. now, Abomination, stuff like that. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Uh, level of 
excitement slash thoughts on the Thunderbolts coming to um, It definitely depends a lot on the specific team, but Yelena is definitely going to be there, so I'm already very excited. And I'm excited that it's going to be a movie um, because I think that like something like that is something that should be a movie. And I hope that they go in sort of a... Um, I, I, I want them to get the tone right because I want them... Any sort of villain team-up movie, as we've seen with Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad, needs to get the tone right or else it's a disaster. But I think that having the choice of to cast Julie Dreyfus as Val leads me to believe that they have a pretty good idea of what the tone's going to be. But I just want to—I want to hear—I want to see the deadline articles of casting before I really make any pro- proclamations because. I'm intrigued by the idea of doing a team-up movie with villains. Um, but like I said, the what villains they choose is something that is going to make or break it. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Jerome? Uh, yeah, same feeling. Um, I think uh, the only thing I'll add is uh, I'm curious, because when you mentioned Tone, you already have this kind of reference point in Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And... I don't imagine they will do it, but just to be sure, I'll say I hope they don't try to just do Marvel's The Suicide Squad. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, we will see. I'm going to guess that Val's going to be popping up in more places and more shows. And we'll kind of see maybe characters that she decides to recruit or and bring onto this mm-hmm. team. We'll get some layers to it. Um you know, obviously, like you said, Jake, anytime that you could get somebody like Yelena Belova on your team, you already got a good start. So you got mm-hmm. the charisma there. And uh, we'll see how much if John Walker's on this squad, how much am I going to how much are we as a collective going to care about that guy, considering uh, the the weird way. I that mean, was handled. That, that would be the one thing I wouldn't mind. Uh, <laughs> it would be just hilarious that they could adopt from the Suicide Squad is if John Walker just like gets like off like right off the bat yeah if john walker is the slipknot of uh, yeah exactly (laughs) that that would be that would be great so yeah thunderbolts uh, is supposed to film next summer and uh the final announcement which actually just came down today was that we are going to get a wonder man tv series which is interesting because wonder man is one of the oldest marvel characters um, was introduced in the Avengers in 1964. There are heavy ties to Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Uh, just kind of like a little mini backstory to give is Wonder Man kind of starts off as a, a bit of a villain, but then what we end up finding out is he is a he is a creation of eventually, like once Vision gets like broken apart and destroyed like a lot of visions thoughts and feelings and stuff like that electronically is placed into wonder man aka simon williams so he also dates uh he dates uh what you call it uh wanda at some point in in the whole thing so hey, the memories can... are there so <laughs> so you got you got that. This is going to be directed by uh, the Shang Chi director Daniel Destin Cretton. So that is that's interesting right off the bat. Oh, I'm sorry. I pulled up the wiki. He was set to appear already at one point. Yeah, he was going to have a short bit in I think Guardians. And played too, by right? Nathan Fillion. Yes, right? yeah. Nathan Nathan Fillion. Yeah. My guess is they're going to recast that as somebody yeah. younger. I would assume. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And yeah. I, I like a John Krasinski. 
<laughs> he's, he's like supposed to be like isn't he doesn't he start off as like a vain actor isn't that his origin story or am i wrong I was is that something. what it is yeah yeah he's he, like one he's like an actual famous person like he's a hollywood yeah. guy so like yeah. oh okay so they can do i think they have a couple of different ways they can do this they can they can do the hollywood story they can make him like somebody really famous and kind of like examine that and kind of start maybe like a west coast avengers thing because Really, that's I mean, a lot of what he was doing in the in the comics. I think that I I imagine the fact that they that this came out of nowhere seemingly. It I'm guessing that that's where they're gonna go because of we're talking about all these different bubbles they're setting up. That yeah. I think the West Coast Avengers will be a good one to have, especially because I think that like from what I understand, it's not in in addition to just being on a different coast. It's, it feels like a different tone to regular Avengers yeah. comics, and I think that that's a tone they want to kind of explore. I think they and just I'm like fight crime three hours later. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> what are we getting overtime? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If they fight crime and they but they complain about El Nino. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but but yeah, so like I'm intrigued. Like with some of the stuff that we've heard about Wanda potentially either getting her own movie or own series and vision is somewhere white vision is hanging out somewhere Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we'll see if all those things tend to meet i do feel like we are going to get some answers about some of these projects coming up later this year whether it's san diego comic-con but especially disney plus day uh the d23 expo in september that should be Mm -hmm. a very big big announcement day of all of the stuff that they come in that they have coming out I'm going to guess that we'll get some answers on Fantastic Four. We'll know more about Blade. We'll know more about this werewolf thing that's coming out that's mm-hmm. already been oh, yeah, shot yeah. and it's already been filmed. The Halloween special later this year. And basically every Marvel project that's oh, coming Oh, it's a Halloween special. I feel like we already kind of see stuff from that before even just because like it's yeah we'll probably get that at comic-con i would guess based on timing yeah it's but yeah yeah, it's definitely yeah it's definitely possible so yeah that and you know and you know we're not too probably not too far away from a look at uh wakanda forever which will be the final Mm -hmm. movie that's dropping this year so yeah the mcu continues to you know pump out content and we'll be here for it as always in the next couple of weeks it should be fun as we'll be a little bit a little bit scatterbrained for a couple of weeks but uh, we will take you through it one way or another. Obviously, thank my guys Jake and Jerome for coming on as as always doing this uh, team up. Jerome Chang, where can we follow you, my friend? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Black Dragon Roll. Thank you, sir. And Jake Christie, where can we follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at AnthonyCanton underscore three. You can follow the show's Twitter at MCUniversityPod. We do have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com, MCUniversityPod. You can get all the exclusive content that we have. There is a Daddy's Pod that is coming out. A tradition unlike any other. The Mm. second annual. We, Mm. We got this one is over two hours again. Talking. We're ranking (laughs) the top 10 daddies in the MCU. Today. uh, yeah, it's a date. Um, oh, wait, Minnie, just because, like, AC, obviously, yeah. you weren't able to join us on it. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, who's your number one daddy? I mean, shoot, you know, it's funny. Or have you got, like, a top three if you can't, like, really narrow it down? No, I got a, I, I got a number one right now. Like, uh-huh. yo, yo, my guy, my guy Wong is in the catbird seat. Okay. You would pick the most washed looking yeah. dad yeah. <laughs> without question. I'm not going like, to spoil it, but I will say this. The I will say real. this. 
these episodes the for the two years if there's a single episode that i think it is worth joining the patreon for it's these this was mm. so much fun we added a new p- panelist this year that was great some incredible Fantastic. contributions um so yeah you'll see it on uh on father's day um and it will be if you have uh you know uh, any chores if you're out in you know outdoors great outdoors celebrating father's day be a great companion so please yeah, play, play it in up. front of your fathers yes <laughs> it, it, yes if you want to get disowned play it in front of your fathers um, but yeah, uh, please uh, consider joining in, uh, you know, to help listening to the extra stuff we got. Uh, no, no. If you want to enhance your father's life, not if you want to get disowned. That's how we're looking at this. Oh, fair, fair, there fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Right, right. And appreciate, obviously, everybody for supporting. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to pump that content. So until next time, for Jay Christie and Jerome Chang, I'm Anthony Canton the Third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.